Good morning, everyone. I'm Karen Belita. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I serve the Unitarian Church of Edmonton as the president of the Board of Trustees. Please, you are welcome at the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritually questioning individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, including diversity of beliefs from divine believers to humanists, to pagans, to atheists and agnostics. We believe in the compassion of the human heart, the warmth of community, the pursuit of justice and the search of meaning in our lives. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service is ended. We invite you to go and place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find on the UCE website. So uce.ca slash guestbook. You'll find the link right at the top of the chat box now as well. We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory home of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people over many centuries. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. Good morning, I'm Leanne Washington and I'm honored to be UCE's interim minister. Our theme for this month is imagination. Poetry engages our imaginations with imagery, similes and other literary devices. Poetry like music moves us in ways that prose does not. Today, some of our UCE family will share poetry that has moved them, comforted them, inspired them and shaped them into the people they are today. Some have shared a cherished and repeatedly read poem, while others have shared one of their own original works. Today, we are also celebrating Reverend Audrey Brooks' many years as UCE's chaplain. Over the years, Reverend Audrey has published her own poetry and shared many unpublished poems with the congregation. Under her tutelage, and guided by her courage, UCE has learned that poetry helps us ask the difficult questions, reflect on our inner nature, and imagine other ways of being in the world. At the top of the chat box, you will see the fruits of Reverend Audrey's most recent offering. At last night's practice poetry session at the Saturday Night Social, 
Reverend Audrey taught us that poetry need not rhyme or follow a specific meter. And poetry need not be written by only one person. Where We Are From is a poem written collectively by the participants of the August 18th Poetry Emotion Service. And Corinne Jackson will read it for us as we enter into our time of worship and reflection. Where We Are From, Muskeg and Mushrooms, a privileged environment of love drilling rigs in a small Arctic center, tree-lined boulevards, cold, cold snow and toes turned blue. Music, music, music. Lilac and forsythia bushes outlying the perimeter. Firecrackers on a May weekend. Crash of pucks against the boards at the rink. Sunday picnic and wiener roasts, horse-drawn milk wagons, fried potatoes and turnips crisped on the wood stove, click of liquor bottles hidden beneath the kitchen sink, chocolate chip cookies and cousins, sweet smell of new-mown grass, bold-faced lies told by blackbirds as they fly. Saskatoon bushes that bend without breaking. Fried mushrooms in fried bread. We are from subatomic particles till the end of the universe. We begin our time together this morning as Unitarian Universalist congregations around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, John Sproul will read the words of Heather K. Daniels, a Unitarian Universalist minister serving the Winchester Unitarian Society. Our prophets died for the freedom of faith. We are here in their spirit. We are here to practice and sustain our living tradition, to light a chalice, claiming for justice the heat and power of fire. In our free faith, we are here, seeking freedom from despair, the freedom to be loved as ourselves, and the freedom to grow beyond imagination. We are here, gathered in the name of all that we find holy. Let us give thanks for the gift of gathering here. Amen. Today, as we celebrate Reverend Audrey's many years of service to UCE as a faithful member and its chaplain, we naturally ask ourselves the questions posed by our opening song. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 404. What gift can we bring?
in answer to the question, what gift can we bring? We can bring our authentic selves. We can share our joys and our sorrows in spoken words, in deeds, and in today's service through poetry. At this moment, we acknowledge that an important part of our community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where you will be able to see it. And I will read them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording of the service. If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, then indicate that in the chat with the prefix private, and then your joy or sorrow. You may also send your joy or sorrow to candles at uce.ca. While you compose your joys and sorrows, please take a moment to quietly reflect upon the joys and sorrows in the life of our community and at UCE and in Edmonton by listening to Miracles and Wonders, an original work by Gordon Ritchie. He wrote it and has performed it for his beloved friend and colleague, Reverend Audrey Brooks.
Gloria lights a candle in gratitude that her son is doing much better this week. Louise and Lynn and Art all light candles an expression of gratitude for Reverend Audrey and all of the good work that she has done and the ways in which she has improved their lives. Louise lights a candle of hope for the vaccine being ready soon and access being available to everyone. Gerard lights a candle of gratitude for Reverend Audrey in recognition of the kindness and love that she shares when it's truly needed the most. And especially the hugs. Karen also lights a candle of gratitude for Reverend Audrey's light and guidance. guidance. Sylvia adds her candle of gratitude for Reverend Audrey and everything she's done for us. Bev lights a candle of gratitude for knowing Reverend Audrey and thanks her for all that she has done and for the light that she brings into the world. Jan lights a candle of gratitude, acknowledging the true blessing that Reverend Audrey is to this congregation. Coralie and John light a candle of gratitude for the many people and the much love that Reverend Audrey has shown and touched and shown. A candle of gratitude from Joe. And Kim writes a letter, uh, lights a letter, uh, light, sorry, lights a candle of concern for her son, Michael, who's recovering from a second bout of COVID and also in honor of her mother, Audrey. Louise lights a candle of gratitude for Gordon's beautiful gift of music. Jan adds her candle of gratitude for Gordon's music. Yvonne lights a candle of gratitude for Audrey's helping her through some of the worst times. Audrey lights a candle of gratitude for Gordon's beautiful music and affection. Lilius and Brandy and Donna also light candles of gratitude for Reverend Audrey and for the beautiful music that Gordon shared with us. 
And I am sure that there are going to be many more candles and expressions of appreciation for Reverend Audrey's service as we go through today's service. So keep an eye on the chat. Now I will light one candle for all the unspoken joys and sorrows held within the sanctuary of our hearts and also, also for all those who have yet to find a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. You know, we human beings are both solitary and social creatures. While we often look outside ourselves for answers to the questions which confound us most, who am I? What makes me unique? How is my time best spent? This first set of poems takes us from protecting ourselves from others through wrangling with and overcoming our own personal anxieties and fears to relishing a day set aside for our own enjoyment, rest, and pleasure. Castle or Prison was written by and will be read by Doug Eastwell. Castle or Prison. I'm gonna plan a building around me. This building is going to be sound. So sound that no one can enter the building. I'm going to build walls around me. These walls are going to be thick, so thick that no one can breach the walls. I'm going to build more walls around me. These walls are going to be high, so high that no one can get over the walls. I'm going to build foundations below the walls. These foundations are going to be deep, so deep that no one can tunnel under the foundations. I'm going to build a roof over me. This roof is going to be solid, so solid that no one can collapse the roof. I'm going to live inside this structure, protected from everything and everyone except me. My next project is to build a structure around me, around my heart and soul to protect me from me. No, she, she's on mute, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I am on mute. So let me say that In the Center of the Night was written by and will be read by Coralie Cairns. <laughs> this was written many, many years ago. In the center of the night, in the pitch pounding darkness, when I feel that all is lost, I go down into my mind and I find that winding staircase where the drunken dragons lurk and I lure them with the lightness of a lovely leaping thought till they 
lovely leaping thought till they stagger with the hunger of a thousand empty nights to the feast of joy before them, simply frothing with delight. Then those dank and drunken dragons fire up their gaping mouths and move quickly to their prey, tipping just a bit one way. As they fall upon the thought, raging wildly in its light, I realize it's time and quickly eat them with one bite. Sundays was written by and will be read by John Sproul. Sundays are my favorite. I pull myself into a fragile bubble filled with my Sunday mood, quiet, reflective, slow, strong coffee and the New York Times humming just behind my nose. No words spoken today, seemingly inactive, but part of a necessary process. The passage of the sun strikes differently throughout the day. Like the vase on the sill, I am defined differently by the light as the day passes. Quiet glow as the day begins, childlike. The world, like the unopened present, deserves a soft pause with mouth and mind open. I hold on to the morning glow, breakfasting late and slowly, my one day to savor time, not save it. A walk sometime is necessary, looking, I mean really looking as I go, counting cracks on the sidewalk and establishing a broken rhythm of ensuring every third one is hit with the left foot. Touching trees and smiling at newspaper dispenser boxes, and as I quickly brush the snow off the top, saying, you're welcome to the silent thank you from the pile of morning headlines. A lie on the couch is necessary too. Poets of strings playing behind and composers of words collected in my lap. Like Linus, my blanket is gathered around me and I feel pampered and content. Like ancient kings on the dais, in stories I read long ago while huddled under my quilt just before dream time. The words are sometimes not childlike though, mature and bold and inquisitive minds that have the blessing and the curse to have been given the potential to change the world. Broad minds sweeping the vast world up in their arms and saying, I care, I can. I timidly hear myself saying their thoughts and wishing greedily that their words were mine. Do I care? Am I wise? Or am I blessed with the soul of an imitative fool? Does it matter? What is the end? What is my end? What is the ends to my end? The philosophy as usual becomes a personal search and laughable. I doze in quiet. The poetic strings have silenced and I drift into the long shadows of the afternoon sun. It is unfortunately necessary to rise from the cocoon when the light is faded and prepare for the evening. Sometimes a meal must be prepared, but often I go to my boyhood home for visiting and talk and the glories of that kitchen and that table. Contented in mid-evening, I will view my edited glimpse at the larger world on television and tumble into slumber. 
It is a kind day, a good friend. See you next week. For many of us, belonging to a beloved community like the one here at UCE allows us to have the freedom just to have some time alone without foregoing the opportunity to have close friends we can call our very own. And most importantly, we believe that sharing, growing, living, and questioning are all part of the answer. So with mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 354, We Laugh we cry.
we make with each other are not the only significant connections in our lives. We are also keenly aware of the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part, and often find comfort and inspiration from our natural surroundings. The next several poems reflect how nature in general and trees and woods in particular awe us, inspire us, and ground us. Mindful was written by Mary Oliver and will be read by Susan Rattan. Mindful by Mary Oliver. Every day I see or I hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It is what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but of the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. The end. When I'm Among the Trees was also written by Mary Oliver and will be read by Lynn Turvey. When I'm among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locust, equally the beech, the oaks, and the pines, they give off such hints of gladness, I would almost say that they save me, and daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself, in which I have goodness and discernment, and never hurry through the world, but walk slowly and bow often. Around me the trees stir in their leaves and call out, stay a while. The light flows from their branches. And they call again. It's simple, they say. And you too have come into this world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light and to shine. <clears throat> Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening was written by Robert Frost 
and will be read by Kimberly Lang. Stopping by woods on a snowy evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake, the darkness, darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask as if there's some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. As Unitarian Universalists, we naturally possess longing and thirsting souls longing for the company of like-minded people and thirsty for knowledge and hoping for an opportunity to work with others to improve the world's condition. With mics muted, please join us in singing O Come Ye Longing Thirsty Souls, hymn number 209. Audrey Brooks has been the source of wisdom and inspiration for UCE members 
for a long, long time. As UCE's chaplain, she has comforted those in pain and sorrow, inspired those seeking meaning and purpose in their lives, and even on occasion played matchmaker and relationship mender. And of course, she's performed many life cycle rituals and guided us in many spiritual practices and modes of self-expression, such as meditation, song and dance, and poetry. She's also led the congregation in social justice work. Effective December 31st, 2020, Reverend Audrey retired from her role as chaplain for UCE, though she remains active in all aspects of congregational life. In appreciation and acknowledgement of all that she's done for UCE, the board presented her with flowers, music, and a book of poems at the end of December. Yesterday, with great affection, the congregation, with the help of Gloria Krenbrecht, prepared and presented to Reverend Audrey a book full of memories in pictures, prose, and verse. Memories of her profound contribution to the quality of congregational life at UCE. Now, Reverend Audrey will bless us with an original poem, a homily, and a story or two about herself, something that maybe not everyone knows. We Are Enough was written by and will be read by Reverend Audrey Brooks. Okay, as soon as I find it here. Okay, here we are. Can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay, okay. this poem is called We Are Enough. We need each other when disaster comes, running quickly with our families for shelter, ahead of pandemics, flames, and mobs. We need each other when we are troubled with lives changed forever from yesterday by events we never thought would come. No gathering together for food or prayer, no singing or touching the faces of others, no safe place for body, heart, or mind. Yet know that today and tomorrow exist with the land, hills of grass, mountains, sky, sun, wind, and the spirit of life. We will hold each other close on Zoom, see faces, hear voices, share stories, modifying, adapting, accepting change. Like water moving toward the sea, we are the ones who trust the flow. We are the ones we are waiting for. We are enough. Now I'm um, the end. Reverend Audrey, you're muted. Okay, there, is that better? Yes. Okay, uh, Reverend Ann asked me to say a few words today. And for once in my life, I am um, nonplussed and somewhat short of words and very much moved to almost tears by Gordon's music and uh, all of the words that were spoken to me today. Um, overwhelming is the word. 
And I have to say that, you know, I really am an accidental community minister. Because when I started out as a, a young person, I'm, there were no brainwaves going through here. I was totally unaware of any kind of role other than mother uh, and uh, wife or, well, there was an idea of becoming a nun until I discovered boys. And uh, that, that fell by the wayside. Uh, I got married, I had uh, five children. And by the time I was 24, and after that had a difficult marriage and was very unhappy. Uh, the school at that time, the high school, opened up the classes to mature students. And uh, so I enrolled in English 30 and Biology 30. And then my uh, teacher, who was teaching us Thomas Hardy's Tess of the Dibberells at that time, uh, had a mild heart attack. And because I was the oldest person in the room, she suggested I could take over the class. So for three weeks, I had... Uh, uh, the pleasure of, of helping with this uh, English 30 class. And afterward, uh, I was called into the office and I thought, well, I'm in trouble because I said to the grade 12 students on a very hot day, let's ditch this giant and go to the new and A&W and have some root beer. So I thought I was getting caught up on that, but that wasn't the case. There were five people sitting there and they said that I had the ability to become a teacher. So uh, they did all of the testing and everything. And I got a scholarship to go to the University of Manitoba. Big problem. They had no housing for a single parent with all those kids. So I phoned my mother who was remarried and living in Edmonton. And I said, well, that's the end of that. She phoned me about 20 minutes later. And this was in 1969. And she said, we're fixing up the basement for you. You're coming to Edmonton. So I enrolled in the University of Alberta. And uh, this is a person with a grade nine education and some business education. So you can imagine my level of anxiety uh, bringing some uh, uh, problems with ulcers and this and that with me and all these kids. And um, I got through university only because of one woman and she knows who she is. I look at her every Sunday at church and her name is Edwina Medill. The Dr. Hibb, after I had my surgery, uh, put me on to uh, Edwina and she was teaching biofeedback, which I thought in my ignorance was a pile of you know what, but She's patient, determined, and never let me out of sight and had me do this biofeedback, which got me through my first year, which never would have happened, believe me, if it hadn't been her, for her persistence. So I'm sitting here today because of Edwina. It's all her fault. And then Corey Rensing got me into the church in the late 79, 80. Uh, Rob Brownlee was our minister and he did a, a program on uh, Unitarian principles and so on. And I realized that uh, I was not nuts, that there were people like me there. And I, uh, but then we had a building your own theology course. And he said to me, you know, Audrey, he said, you're so angry at God, you need to sort yourself out. And so he suggested I go to a seminary and at that time, I was teaching school at Victoria Composite, 
And at that time, someone came up to me and said, I'd be nominated for a sabbatical with full pay. And so the two things came together and I ended up at Bangor Theological Seminary. And one of the things that was happening at that time in the 80s is the Unitarian Universal students, theology students at Star King University in the U.S., were advocating the UUA for community ministry training. And now this is a very different thing from church ministry. At the time they started this stream and I was one of the first students that was uh, graduated as a community minister. So that probably explains to you while I have never fought for the pulpit in any church. <laughs> My, my orientation was social justice and uh, community service. And I've been very happy in that all these years. But I also have to say a lot of things about the women in our church and the women in the larger community uh, that were influences on my life. I have to talk about uh, Ruth Patrick and Betty Donaldson and Beth Hone in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, when we had the women's gatherings there, who were really working with the UUA and CUC for recognition for the Unitarian Women's uh, Association. And all of the other women who gathered in Lumsden for our retreats, among the ticks in the trees and the hot sun and the wonderful things that we did in those workshops there. There were so many things that happened in my life that happened because of people who were mentors or people who brought me up short and cleaned my clock, if you want to put it that way. And you know who you are. Some of you are sitting in this room today. <laughs> um, there are none of us that go through life without needing some correction and direction and mentorship. And those things happen to very much in my life. I think that I'm eternally grateful for uh, the love and support and direction and instruction. And people like Gordon, who plays beautiful music for me and who is such a good friend. And all of you that I see, the lovely faces looking at me through Zoom today. Um, my life would not have had the pleasures and the challenges and the embroidery, I would say, that it has had without you in it. And I thank you so much. And kisses to you, Kimberly. <laughs> Reverend Audrey, we're interested in finding out a little about the Dragon Lady. Well, I guess I have to tell the truth about that. When I was teaching at Westminster Junior High, I was teaching uh, language arts and I had two young Chinese sisters in my grade seven and eight class. And one of the things that was really unusual about that, uh, given the fact that I had taught ESL with Edmonton Public as well, is I had for the first time ever, two young ladies who would never look me in the eye. And one of the grade seven students sat right in front of me in my desk, I was trying to encourage her. 
And uh, I used to go to the uh, Japanese uh, restaurant on Stony Plain Road and they had those uh, placemats with zodiac signs and the, the Chinese symbols. Well, I thought I would take uh, some of those to school and uh, I would go through the class and let everyone know what their symbol was, what their sign was, whether a dragon, a snake, a rabbit, or a horse, or whatever. And uh, it turned out that when we were going through this, that I ended up being, because of my date of birth in 1940, uh, being a dragon. And oh my goodness, this little girl lit up like a Christmas tree, and, and then her sister as well. And I became the dragon lady. And so, uh, the sister who was in grade eight for Christmas that year made me a two foot by five foot high rampant dragon in painted with these little dots, pointless. And I, I kept getting, in fact, I still have some dragon things. I have dragon pictures and dragon everything in my house, which I've been giving away. But the, one of the things that I thought was really fun is that I'd give five extra marks on any language arts assignment that had a dragon cartoon or a dragon poem or anything on it. And I have some of those in the future if someone wants to see them. So that's how I became the dragon lady. That's my story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it with us, Reverend Audrey. UC has truly been blessed by your ministry. And as recipients of many blessings, we are bound by love and compassion for each other to share them. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca to find the donation method that best suits you. For the month of January, we also encourage you to support Change for Children. Please visit their website for more information about them. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 402, From You I Receive. Our last set of poems recognizes our connections to our families, those we are born into and those we adopt. They hearken back to childhood memories and perhaps the lessons that we have learned from them. Our first poem, Spider, is a child's nursery rhyme whose author we no longer know. It will be read by Elaine Reynard, for whom its imagery and message have lasted for over 80 years. Oh, please, Mr. Spider, do let me go. 
Unfairy forget me not, you know. That's the that's the poem. It takes me back to my youth. That's a long time ago. That's this this dish has lasted over 80 years. It's been well used. Thank you. Kitchen Treasures was written by and will be read by Kathy Stanley. Kitchen Treasures. Years ago, I am in my kitchen cooking with my granny. She is with me in spirit and mom in her kitchen is in my kitchen too. Today, I am in my kitchen cooking with my granny and my mom. They are in the pages of the worn red covered purity cookbook. Granny passed down to mom and mom to me. They are in the old mixing spoons and granny's bread pans. They are in my skills and knowledge, treasures in my heart and soul. All this love is baked in my bread. The Lanyard was written by Billy Collins and will be read by me. The other day as I was ricocheting slowly off the blue walls of this room, bouncing from typewriter to piano, from bookshelf to an envelope lying on the floor, I found myself in the L section of the dictionary where my eyes fell upon the word lanyard. No cookie nibbled by a French novelist could send one more suddenly into the past. A past where I sat at a workbench at a camp by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid thin plastic strips into a lanyard. A gift for my mother. I had never seen anyone use a lanyard or wear one if that's what you did with them. But that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard for my mother. She gave me life and milk from her breasts and I gave her a lanyard. She nursed me in many a sick room, lifted teaspoons of medicine to my lips set cold face cloths on my forehead and led me out into the airy light and taught me to walk and to swim. And I, in turn, presented her with a lanyard. Here are thousands of meals, she said, and here is clothing and a good education. And here is your lanyard, I replied which I made with a little help from a counselor. Here is a breathing body and a beating heart, strong legs, bones and teeth and two clear eyes to read the world, she whispered. And here, I said, is the lanyard I made at camp. And here, I wish to say to her now, is a smaller gift 
not the archaic truth that you can never repay your mother, but the rueful admission that when she took the two-tone lanyard from my hands, I was as sure as a child could be that this useless, worthless thing I wove out of boredom would be enough to make us even. It is never too late to create a family of your own, to choose those with whom you will share the intimate details of your life. You need not be related, indeed most aren't, to your true spiritual family. Do not let life's disappointments and losses keep you from creating the life that you want now. We're all children of one family. If you love your neighbor truly, love will come to you the more. As I did last week, I challenge you to make a phone call to at least one person you know well from the congregation, but haven't spoken to recently, and to look at your directory and call at least one person you do not yet know. And if you receive a call from someone that you do not know, be gracious and meet them face to face, metaphorically, of course. With mics muted, Join in singing hymn number 315, This Old World. Before we bring our time together to a close, I'd like to recognize and thank those who made this time together possible. Our host and greeter, Jeff Bizantz, our slide creator and slide runner, Karen Belita, our readers, Karen Belita and John Sproul, our breakout rooms, Jan McMillan, our backup person, Karen Belita, and our service recorder, Gloria Krenbrun. I especially want to thank each of you who offered us a poem and read it to us. I suspect we will do this again, and I hope that you will find the courage to offer a poem that is meaningful to you. 
If you do not wish to read the poem, we have readers that will be happy to oblige. This is our last service on the theme of imagination, but the writing and the reading of a poem takes imagination. I hope that after today's service, you feel that your imagination has been engaged and that when you feel the need to express yourself, you'll consider poetry a means of doing so. Now, let us engage our imagination once again and imagine that we are not celebrating a retirement and many years of service, but rather a birthday. Happy Dragon was written by Jack Perlutsky and will be read by Corinne Jackson. Now, Audrey, I have to say, I think you should give me extra marks for having a dragon poem. Because I had no idea about your story. Anyway, happy birthday, dear dragon. There were rumbles of strange jubilation in a dark subterranean lair for the dragon was having a birthday and her colleagues were gathering there. Hooray, groaned the, or the trolls and the orgs, or orgers as they pelted each other with stones. Hooray, shrieked a sphinx and a, and a griffin and the skeletons rattled their bones. Hooray, screamed the witch of the queen of the demons. Hooray, boomed a giant, rejoice. Hooray, piped a tiny hobgoblin in an almost inaudible voice. Hooray, cackled rapturous witches. Hooray, hissed a basilisk too. Then they howled in cacophonous chorus. Happy birthday, dear Audrey, to you. <laughs> As we bring our time together to a close and extinguish our chalice, John Sproul will read We Are One, written by Reverend Amy Zucker Morgenstern, who serves the Unitarian Church of Palo Alto, California. Never has it been more true than now. We extinguish this flame, but the sparks within us remain alight. From each of us in our supposed solitude, the signals buzz and hum, sparkling through space one to another, connecting us invisibly but palpably. We are one, and from every window, our light shines. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. This concludes our worship service this morning. Now's the time to take a short comfort break, get a cup of coffee, and watch our weekly announcements as they slide by. In a few minutes, you'll be randomly placed in a breakout rooms for coffee and a chat. 
I will remember, I will remain, sorry, in the main room for general conversation and to answer any questions or receive any comments you may have about today's service. You're free to decline being placed in a breakout room or you can go to your assigned breakout room and then return to the main room when you're ready. I will stay in the main room for about an hour.